Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Jordy Wardman, and you can find him at onestopdevshop.io, onestopdevshop.io. Let me tell you about Jordy. You know, he reached out to me, and he's a regular listener to this show, and he said, hey, Joseph, you know, I've I come across your show, man. I'm loving it. I'm digging it. Uh, let me present who I am. And he just did a pitch, man, uh, via email. And, I, you know, you got to respect that because I normally don't like reading emails, just to be real with you, Startup Nation, right? But I did that day, and he wrote, who am I? So I'm just going to tell you what he wrote because I, I kind of like the way he presented himself. He wrote, well, I'm an entrepreneur. Pretty seasoned, I guess. I've started five companies, sold three, and I'm still running two. Uh, one Stop Dev Shop is one of them. Um, it's a .NET agency that I started last year and is on track to hit $1 million in revenue this year. Pretty cool. Uh, number two, a SaaS uh, company. It's a one, start, uh, a one startup SaaS for lead generation that I am in the process of finalizing raising funds for and another distressed SaaS that I purchased recently on helping people get online reviews, which are so critical. I've built a company just based on local Google reviews. Um, and he goes on to say, he says, I have a team of 45 people and we're growing steadily each month. I live in Switzerland. I work from home by myself, live with my family and ski. I ski 100 days a year while running all of my businesses. That jumped out to me. Because this is a guy who's figured out to automate his businesses. I love automating my businesses. We were just speaking about that. He writes, I only give you these details so that you could see if we're a good fit for the show. Um, and I love talking about software startups, marketing, entrepreneurship, bootstrapping, lifestyle businesses, et cetera. So hopefully one of those topics uh, you really connect with Startup Nation, I invite you, open up your ears. Um, to Jordy and what he has to say. This is a guy who's done it. And, uh, you know, he shared uh, just recently that he's had some successes, sure, but he's also had some failures, yeah. right? And, and we just spoke about that. And any seasoned entrepreneur out there listening to the show right now knows that you can have a massive success in one company, then take all those lesson strategies, principles you learned and apply it to your next startup and it doesn't work and it fails. And you're like, what the F, right? It's, it's what works in one company doesn't work for another. It, it would be similar for all you parents out there to raise all your kids in the same style. 
even though all your kids have different personalities, temperaments, behaviors, right? You have to customize it. The same way you do for your children, you got to do it for your businesses. So, uh, Jordy, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, thank you so much, Joseph. Um, no, you pretty much you pretty much nailed it. Uh, I in think, your words, uh, in your words. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You it well was done. my words, and so actually, when you reread it, it's like, yeah, that's that's some decent copy. I mean, you know, they got by you. It got by your. Uh, um, my filters suspicious eyes right yes yeah, skeptical all right cool so uh listen let's get into your story here okay so what are you up to right now with one stop dev shop you started about a year ago yeah uh, it's probably a little longer actually now since um i was on a five-month waiting list to get on your show so <laughs> so we're about a year year and a half or something but you, you had um, to point that out there sorry startup <laughs> Hey, listen, Startup Nation, thanks to you, my listener, um, the show is growing in popularity and people are reaching out constantly to be on this show. And uh, sometimes I may occur as a little dismissive when I say, hey, you know, there's a three, four, five month waiting list and it's not I'm blowing you off. It's just you got to get in line. Um, so thank you, uh, for, for being patient, bro, and reaching out and doing all that. So let's talk about, uh, this, this startup. Um, you were coming off of a previous failure. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I can give you sort of the, the, the first hundred K I made was, was in about 2005. Um, and so that was, um, I had come from zero entrepreneurial experience. I was actually a forest firefighter. So um, for like eight years um, and, and, you know, so I was like back in the day, I would have been out in California right now fighting the fires and working 18 hours a day. That's my, that was my background. So um, when I had a child, I'm from Bermuda. So I moved back to Bermuda to, to have my children there with my wife. And um, I started a Bermuda shorts company while I was working on the side, I was a programmer. So it's an Oracle database administrator and like a, a Unix sysadmin. Um, and I didn't really like that. Uh, so I started something on the side. It was this Bermuda shorts company. Um, took me about uh, three years till it was starting to sort of get going. Um, but I could see the writing on the wall, which was basically the business was structured. I would take out a $250,000 loan or whatever it was, something like that. And I'd buy my inventory in September and I'd run my business uh, and I'd have all this money, uh, you know, sort of in July. And then I'd have to put it all back into inventory again for, for so it was really cyclical. And basically I was evening out, you know, so I'd have to pay the bank back. I'd have to take another loan out. And I was like, this is not, you know, I was in Bermuda. It's expensive. This is not going to be still working my full-time job. Right. So that's sort of funding my lifestyle. So what I did is I sold that business. Um, uh, and at the time I was actually starting another one. Cause I, as I mentioned this one, I could see the writing on the wall. Uh, I ended up selling that business for a decent amount at that time for me. Um, I think it was sort of mid six figures. Um, so, so I had some runway to start this other business. And at that time I left the corporate job and it was still scary, even though I had some money. Um, you know, I saw, I had a mortgage, I had private schools, that sort of thing. 
um, maybe I was in private schools yet, but I certainly was, you know, like it was on the, uh, on the road, uh, roadmap for the future. And so um, that was my first 100K and I sort of lucked into it with some hustle. Um, but the, the, the second business um, was a Wi-Fi business that I started um, in Mexico. And I don't even ask me how I got, got into that, but I wanted to learn Spanish, believe it or not. So it's like <laughs> the best way to learn Spanish is to start a, a business in Mexico. I wanted to learn Spanish and learn how to surf. So I ended up moving my family to Mexico and started that business um, Subsequently started another e-commerce business, sold both of those businesses, had some more money runway and started a, um, the failure that I had was this Amazon business. I thought I was a hotshot e-commerce guy and I started Amazon and said, oh, this will be easy. And it was definitely not easy. It was very competitive and I got smoked on that and I basically burned through um, the proceeds of the previous company that I sold. Um, and, and at this time I had moved to Switzerland and that's when, when I was like, I better get, I'm not good at this anymore. I'm not good at Amazon. I don't like it. And um, I'm glad I left Amazon. I basically just sold out my inventory and started this agency. Um, so that's sort of the long story about my, my um, journey to here. I like uh, how you just kind of summarized your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you had a few wins, three wins, yeah. uh, one loss. Um, yeah. Not a bad average per se, but I could, I guess, I suspect it was a painful one. Um, there was, that's tough when you, you're, you have three wins and you start to get entrepreneurially cocky. Yeah, and that's what I definitely was. I was cocky. I was like, listen, oh, I, this I, is in the bag. I, this is easy, you know. This is easy. Yeah. This is going to be the easiest one, this Amazon thing. Yeah. And, and that's the fatal flaw sometimes, right? Yeah. And I've done yeah, it so definitely. many times myself yeah. where I, the ones I thought would be difficult actually kind of worked out uh, easier. And the ones I thought I got this, uh, man, I got what I got was humiliation. Yeah. <laughs> I got humbled real quick. So, Thank you for sharing that. And I know our listener right now may be in that position right now um, where they're like, man, it's just not working. It's not, I'm not getting past break even or a very small profit margin. Um, what do you want to say to them with your Bermuda Shorts company experience of knowing when to cut their losses and get out and move into something new? Because I, I know sometimes we'll hustle too long um, even amidst the reality of it's not working. What yeah. do you want to say? So I would say in the, in the example of Bermuda Styles, um, the Bermuda Shorts company that I had, but basically if you're in that boat, it might be worth talking to like a financial guy. Like, uh, and what I, what I, one of the biggest things that I've learned in my 15, 17 years of being an entrepreneur is paying for the right advice at the right time no matter is, is some of the best money you can spend. And I'll give you an example. Like even now I've been doing outbound marketing for like eight years and I'm, I'm decent at it. So when decent, I'd say like I have 60% open rates and like 25% re response rates, which in the outbound marketing world is, is good, right? It's good to decent. But I went and found a coach who just does outbound and I hire him at 250 an hour 
um, and I use them once a month and we go over my copy and it's really like a great use of, and some entrepreneurs, oh, 250, that's too much. But, you know, I'm like, no, it's not. Are you kidding me? This, you know, like I'll use this guy for four or five months. We'll look at my stats. We'll go over it and it'll cost me a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars and uh, I might make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars from this, you know, from that, by getting that really tight that I couldn't do myself. And he's got more experience. He's better at it. So in, if you're in that situation, I really, really recommend reaching out to someone, you know, like Joseph does coaching or whoever it is, find a good coach that's been there and can take a look at your books and be like, you know, you're, you're dreaming, you know, you're dreaming. This is, you're, you're not, this is not profitable. What, you know, how much hours are you really working? That sort of thing. Or you could be like, Hey, you make a couple of tweaks, but it's not like you have to commit to a huge amount of money. As I said, you know, you, most of these top guys are 250, even if it's like 500 an hour, if you spend 500 for a really top guy, he can really uh, set you straight and, 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 and you could save years of your life going down the wrong path. So that, that would be my advice. I like that advice. And I like what you did there because I think there's a misconception uh, with coaches um, when we hire them that we have to jump into their big package program for whatever, 15,000, 25,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand. Um, when in fact we may be able to negotiate That's a right. per session rate yeah. Uh, an hourly rate with them. Hey, I know you have this coaching package, but I really don't need six months of coaching. I actually need three sessions. Um, would you be willing to do an hourly with me at whatever premium that is? And yeah. to me, that's really smart because that makes it bite sizable. It's it and and it's exactly what you need. It's it's kind of like I'm hiring you just to get me through this one place right now, or to get me over this one speed bump. I'm not looking for a coach for the next six or eight months in this specific discipline. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. And Startup Nation, you know, what Jordy is saying is you got to invest in the right coach at the right time mm-hmm. for a specific thing you're stuck in. That's Don't right. sit there and try to beat, like push through it. Like just, ah, oh, if I just work harder, if I just work, hustle more and grind more and steal more time from my family. Like, what the heck, man? Don't yeah. steal more time from your family. I'm a relationship no. coach, and I'm telling you, it doesn't end well. You end no. up rich, divorced, and miserable. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, all right, Jordy, what are your top three tips or strategies? And I'm going to use that one as the first one. Hire the right coach at the right time and negotiate their coaching package to fit your needs. And I, right. I think that, I think that's brilliant, dude. And that rarely comes up on this show. So thank you for that. I acknowledge you for that. What are your other two top tips or strategies for my listener right now? So one of the, one of the things that I've been realizing that for me, I don't have a lot of time to be um, losing money on a business, right? So I want my businesses to be profitable in the first month. So the last few businesses that I've started have basically been profitable. Like if it's not 30 days, it's profitable within 60 days. And one of the, one of the models that I like is a freelancer to agency to product. Um, and, I'll, and I'll kind of break that down because it sounds complicated, but it's really not. Let's take, for example, 
you have a skill and I don't really care what it is, but it's some, it's a type of skill that somebody's going to um, pay you for. So let's say you're a decent writer. Uh, so you, you're, you, you start writing articles for someone and maybe you, this is where you are in your journey. Uh, you're, you know, you just started doing this or you've been doing this for a while. You get a skill that's marketable. Let's call it SEO, right? So writing and SEO goes well together. Almost every site on the internet needs SEO. It's like, it's very competitive, but that doesn't mean, you know, you don't, it's not like you're going for thousands of clients. All you need is, uh, you know, 10 clients and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're making a decent living if you're charging 1500 a month. Um, and, and once you have that skill, then outsource it, right? So then you, you bring that talent in and you, you have the talent so you can judge what is good and you hire, you start hiring if you live in Texas or whatever, and you're in the States. And uh, my writer is from Kenya. Uh, so obviously it costs him a lot less. Um, you know, his cost of living is way down. So I can pay him um, and charge my rates. And I'm the interface uh, on the sales side. Client doesn't need to know where the writer is from. And all of a sudden I've just created an agency because it's me not doing the work. And the, the writer, I'm outsourcing the work and basically, you know, building it from there and doing what I'm good at, which is just getting on the phone and talking to people. So my, my skill happens to be sales. Um, and so uh, that's, that's what I work on. So that would probably be, it may not be like a, an actionable tip that you can, but I think if you think about it, it really is because it's something like, you know, how can I make money right away? And it, you it just take whatever skill, everyone's got a skill or they don't think that you can learn a skill quickly by taking one of these courses. You take uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, graphic design or whatever you're interested in. And then just start looking to outsource it and build an agency. And from there, you have your customers. You talk to them and find out what you want, what they want. And you take your agency and productize some aspect of it. And so that's what I'm doing now is taking my agency and siphoning um, uh, cash flow from the agency to build products so that eventually my products are earning my revenues and they're sort of all automated and, you know, I can take a step back from the business and hire a C CEO. I'd like to dissect what you just said, cause it was a lot. I'm, and I apologize. No. It's not really a sound bite, but it's just, that's sort of one of the things that I've been really trying to flesh out because there's definitely something there for anyone to do. I think you have a product right there. <laughs> I mean, that if, that's what I see. And I know you're not asking, but you have a, a model called, you know, FAP as an acronym, right? FAP, freelancer to agency to product model. Yeah. Um, and you could easily create an online course uh, product for that, um, that you could sell all over the place in my two cents opinion here. Uh, and, and that could be one of your product is to literally take the model you, you're using right now to build your agency um, from freelancer to agency to product and teach others how to do that. Uh, I'd pay for that. Yeah. I'm well, guessing one of my listeners. I've actually would. thought about because uh, I have a podcast as well. And so I've interviewed a hundred successful product owners. And in this case, product owner is a software as a service. So they have products. And I found out that half of them did it that way. 
So what they had done was they were freelancers that got out of university or whatever. They started doing something, whether it was programming or content graphic design, and they turned that, they outsourced, they built a small agency. Some of them grew the agency. And then when they had agency clients who were like, you know, talking, cause you're on, if you're an agency, you're speaking with your client every week. Like, what do you need? What can I make better for you? And you have that client's ear, you know, in some cases they're paying you a lot of money. And if you can provide something to them for cheaper that you can do and is scalable, they're going to be like, yeah, absolutely. I'll help you make something automated that, you know, brings down my monthly cost to paying you and turn it into a product. And then it's, you know, could be infinitely scalable uh, if you find the right pro you know, product. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm on my third right now, my third product. That's awesome. So Startup Nation, uh, I know uh, many of you reach out to me and say that uh, somehow you like the way I summarize uh, what a guest uh, is saying or teaching. Um, so let me do my best with this to really just kind of uh, take a lot of that and just unpack it. Um, so maybe you're a freelancer right now, or, uh, you just need to earn some extra income right now during this pandemic because everything shifted, uh, for yeah. you and your finances. Um, maybe consider, uh, getting on fiverr.com as a freelancer with whatever that skill set is that you're fairly good at, um, and offering that service to others. I know I'm on fiverr.com, not as a freelancer, but hiring freelancers right now to help with my copy, uh, to help with my transcriptions, to help with uh, the seven manuscripts I'm writing right now for books, um, these types of things. And I don't, I want to automate all that. So I'd rather hire somebody to do all that heavy lifting. So consider that. What is that skill set you have that you can freelance and get paid for? Um, obviously copywriting is in huge demand right now. I am someone who pays for that. Um, and you get this really good money in it. Like, uh, you know, Jordy is saying you can charge upwards of $1,500 a month, um, to a few clients, uh, you know, say 10 clients and, and boom, you got 15 grand a month coming in in revenue. Well, don't stop there. He's saying now uh, start to outsource, teach other freelancers, maybe on Fiverr, reach out to a couple others, be like, hey, do you want to make more money? I see you're charging $500 a month as your retainer. You want me to teach you how to do, you know, a thousand? And then you hire them at a thousand. You keep the $500 difference. You still keep charging your clients 1500. You have them do all the work and boom, you have an agency. And then from there, now you take your client list, reach out to them, what uh, Jordy is saying, and say, hey, what can I do more for you? What can I do better? How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can we lower your $1,500 retainer, but I create a product for you? You know, what does that look like? And, and really get them to show you and tell you what they want and how much they're willing to pay for it. Then decide if you want to. And boom, you got that freelancer to agency to product model in play. Um, and then you're in Switzerland with Gordy, uh, you know, sir, um, skiing the, the, the mountains, uh, you know, 10 months a year. How did I do, Gordy? Perfect. You did perfect. Anything you want to add or delete from that summary? Um, no, I think that's exactly right. The only thing that I would say is I wouldn't um, – 
asked the freelancer to charge me a thousand. I'd keep them at 500 and keep a thousand for myself. That's the only thing. The only difference. <laughs> <There you laughs> I'd go. pay his 500 rate and keep the thousand, which is about the margins you can get, honestly. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a huge profit margin. Yeah. Let's be real about it, you know? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, let's head into my favorite part of the show, but before we go there, um, I just want to, you know, reach out into your ear startup nation and say, listen, this, this, you're human like the rest of us, you know, uh, Gordy, uh, George, Jordy, I got to get this Switzerland thing, man. <laughs> um, you know, he and I are human just like you and we struggle with stuff, you know, uh, I'm recently a parent, you know, with a six month old beautiful little girl. And, and there's things I get coaching for um, because I can't be good at everything. <laughs> I just can't. Sorry. I've tried <laughs> my arrogance thought I could and I can't. And uh, so I hire coaches at the right time for, to get me over those speed bumps. Like uh, Jordy says, um, and there's areas of your life right now where you're, you may be winning in business, killing it or, or doing fairly well, but then your relationships are suffering. Um, because you're listening to a lot of these online gurus that say, you got to work 18 hours and out hustle everyone and put out more content than everybody, right? At what expense? You know, and some of them say, oh, my wife understands. That's just who she married. Screw you. That is the most selfish, arrogant thing you could say. My wife understands that I'm addicted to money. I'm addicted to success. I'm addicted to greed and she should just deal with it. No, sorry. You're going to end up rich, divorced, and alone and miserable. And your kids are going to be bitter that you weren't there for them because you work too much. So this is for all those workaholics out there that I was. Um, just to say to you, listen, if, if you got some blind spots in that area, it's okay. Like I was there. Um, if you want, you know, my help in any way, uh, I'm happy to jump on what I call a warm-up call with you. It's kind of like a free sample of coaching. I'm going to give you one free session. Um, but do you understand at the end of that session that we're going to explore and see if we're a fit for working together? You know, if you like what you got, um, then, hey, let's see if we want to do more there. Uh, but don't stay where you are. Don't stay in your workaholism and, and just addicted to success and everything because there's a part of you that knows what I'm saying is true. It's probably why it's irritating you right now. That's okay. Irritation is good. That's where growth comes from. So go to josephwarren.net if that's of interest to you and, and uh, we'll explore, you know, and I look forward to seeing you. All right. So uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show, Jordy. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. Um, it's a way for us to just to get to know you better. So okay. don't overthink it. It's just for fun. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. What is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur in Switzerland and skiing all year? <laughs> Waking up knowing that I can do whatever I want to do. If I want to work 10 hours, I can. If I want to go to my son's school and check, you know, speak with his teachers or check out his art show, I can do that. That's the best part by far. I, I love that you just went there. That's awesome. What is your least favorite thing about being this type of entrepreneur? 
I would say probably sometimes the isolation that you may feel, uh, you know, being, and so I try and combat that by getting into masterminds and things like that, but definitely can be, you know, I'm my own boss and there's no one that I answer to. And that sometimes can be a little lonely. Yeah, I get that. I think we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of the human condition. You just mentioned one struggle. What may be another struggle that you're struggling with either professionally or personally right now? Um, let's see. For professionally, personally, things are, are good. I've been able to spend a lot of time. This COVID has brought the family together. Um, professionally, I still have doubts, you know, am I providing the best service? I still doubt that, you know, and so I'm still learning. Um, and I would say it's still, you know, mindset at times can be like, am, am I providing, what can I do better? You know, that sort of thing. But I think it's, you know, it's healthy to also do that, to always be checking. And, uh, as you say, I was humbled in my last business and I no longer want to be sort of arrogant and just assume everything is great. So I'm always questioning myself. That's cool. What are you most afraid of? Um, well, I could say failure, um, but to me, failure is not an option. So I would say it's always out there, but I wouldn't, I just, you know, that would just be me having to turn the heat on. And, and as you say, right now, I'm, I don't need to work, you know, 12 hour days, but if it got close to that, I, you know, it would probably mean that I would have to do that. Fortunately, I'm, I'm not there. And then you'd have to hire me as a relationship coach to keep you grounded. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Um, that's a good question. I would probably say we're um, probably worrying about, uh, you know, like what, how the business was going to end up doing, you know, it's just really, you, you can't worry about things that are not in your control and just kind of, you know, I was worried about stuff that what happens in 90 days, if this, you know, you can't worry about that, worry about what's happening in 30 days. That's awesome advice. What secret fear do you have about people? People in general, I would say people, uh, especially from a sales side, people like don't want to be pitched, but in, in terms of like selling to them, it's just conversations really. I mean, I think re relationship building is more about sales. Uh, so in general, people are, are really easy to talk to if you just talk to them, especially, you know, if you, if you sit there and listen to what their problems are, which is, you know, people love to talk about their problems, I've found. And if you're listening, you can, you know, and try and solve those problems. There is a business in that. Mm. Yep. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? I think I would wish that I had learned that. Okay, got it. Um, you know, yeah. What's a new habit you want to create in your life? Well, as we were discussing before the show, um, I've recently got into reading a book a week. Um, and so I've done that all this year. And for next year, um, this year was business. The theme this next year is going to be spiritual. So I'm going to explore all um, the best books, uh, you know, on spirituality. I'm not ruling out even reading the Bible uh, front to back. Um, so I think that's what I'm, that's going to be having is sort of reading spiritual books for the next year. Watch out for Ecclesiastics in the Bible. It's a, okay. it's a, it's a doozy. That's, <laughs> okay. that's what I'll say. A lot of people go under right there. Yeah. <laughs> what's a new habit that you want to, uh, sorry. What's a bad habit that you want to create? 
I'd say reading. Well, you want a break? Sorry, what's a bad yeah. thing? You want yeah, that break. makes sense. I'd say reading the news. I've become kind of a news junkie lately, which I don't like. Oh, man. And in this, you know, climate, political climate, I think listening to the news is one of the fastest roads to depression. One of the fastest or high anxiety. So highly don't recommend that. Pick three words to describe who you are now. I would say curious, uh, adventurous, and and, um, dedicated. Yeah, I got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uh, distracted, um, mm. unfocused, and um, eager. Yeah. That's a dangerous combination, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> eager, it is. Eager and distracted. <laughs> eager, just, but it, it kept the hustle going, you know. You, you, yeah. You know, your first year, when, let's be real, you got to hustle, right? You For definitely a few do. Years, you know, yeah. The the key though, and I think really smart entrepreneurs figure it out. You got to hustle uh, in one direction. Yeah. If you're hustling in in five different north, south, east, and west simultaneously, yeah. you're actually going nowhere. That's right. uh, and last question: If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about anything, everything, all of it, what would you say to them? Well, that's, that's a great question. One time, one thing that advice, piece of advice that, that my mentor gave, one of my mentors gave me um, was finish the task at hand or nothing gets done. And, and I've used that whenever I find myself getting distracted or getting, uh, you know, all over the place, I just say, okay, nothing is going to get done unless I do this one thing. So I would tell my sons that I would tell myself that so I think in anything in life, if, if you have the intent to finish something, just finish that one thing and let that sort of train leave the station um, before moving on to the next thing. And maybe it's, maybe it's even helping that train go faster, you know. That's a, that's a powerful principle because how you show up in those little things is how you show up in everything, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So are you going to be someone who completes things and keeps your word in the matter or are you somebody that constantly gets distracted and people just can't rely on you. That's right. That's, that's a tough one. And I'm working on both of those. So uh, I would say I'm not perfect in either, but I, I'm definitely, when I find myself struggling, I said, you know, why am I struggling? And it's usually because I'm moving and jumping around and not focusing. So like one, I own one marketing channel before you move on to the next. That's great advice right there. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100 K this year? I would say, um, I think we could go back to the coaching, you know, like I said, I think that, that, um, I think that's a great piece of advice. I'll, I'll give you another example. Um, I have a mentor that I approached. He was someone that I, uh, did an interview with. I went out to him and I was like, um, Hey, listen, I'd love for you to mentor me. Would you do that? And he's like, well, I don't really do that, but I will, I will for you, that sort of thing. He was a guy that was like, three, four years ahead of where I, where I wanted to be in like, say four years. So I went out and I asked him and he didn't, he didn't, um, you know, he didn't have a package or anything like that. I negotiated a rate and I used him just for the specific, you know, like direction that I want to go to get to where he is. And he obviously knows how to get there because he's there. Um, so I would say, it can just dissect your life and see if you can pick and choose, um, you know, sort of mentors or coaches to get you there. 
I like that a lot. And I think that's a big insight, like negotiate coaching rates with, with yeah. coaches. Listen, there's a lot of good coaches out there and some of them may uh, not be great at sales, but they're great at the discipline, right? Yeah. And they may need more clients. They want more clients. And you come into them and say, listen, I can't do this amount, but could you break into three at this amount? They may really welcome that. So why That's not? Right. You yeah. both win in that scenario. Okay. Uh, so we've been speaking with uh, Jordy Wardman. You can find him at onestopdevshop.io. Onestopdevshop.io. Go ahead and click that in the show notes here. Check out what he's up to in the world. Um, and uh, do you want to offer my uh, my listener anything when they come to your site? Do you have a free gift? Yeah, sure. Uh, the free gift is, um, I would say, is the one of the entrepreneur's most valuable resources is my time. And I'm happy to jump on a call if you have a business idea. I'd love to, especially if it relates to software, because that's what I'm the best suited to speak to you about. But if you have a software idea, uh, no obligations, nothing's free. Uh, let's, let's chat about it and uh, see, see if you've got some, you know, if you've got an idea that's worth, um, you know, investigating to, to work towards your first hundred K. And I just got one last question for you. Like if they call you, are you going to be on a mountainside skiing while they call? I might, I might be on the chairlift probably when I'm, <laughs> when I'm skiing, it'll be, my phone will be in the uh, pocket. Awesome. Jordy, thank you so much for being on your first 100 K uh, I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much, Joseph. God bless. Cheers. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.